0: I'm Orv Kimbrough, Chairman and CEO of Midwest Bank Center, St. Louis's second largest privately owned bank. We are the proud sponsor, Forum Focus, because when we dream big, we all rise together.
1: Welcome to Forum Focus, the podcast construction forum. I'm Tom Finan, the executive director and co-founder of the forum. On Forum Focus, you'll hear the stories of stakeholders in the St. Louis region's built environment. They're working to create inclusive, robust employment and economic growth. Forum Focus is diverse, it's unbiased, and it's civil. This edition of Forum Focus features an interview with Anthony Thompson, chairman and CEO of Kwame Building Group, the region's largest minority-owned pure construction management firm. Mr. Thompson founded Kwame three decades ago after working as a project engineer for large public and private owners. On February 25th, Tony Thompson was presented with the Leadership Institute Award a Construction Forum's Building Tomorrow Awards. The Leadership Institute Award is presented to the individual or organization who best strengthened relationships through partnerships with a strong inclusion and diversity lens. Tony Thompson has promoted diversity and inclusion within the construction industry for more than 30 years, both within his own firm and through promoting and assisting minority-owned firms. He helps inspire and educate the next generation through his work, speaking annually to businesses, universities, and through his founding of the Kwame Foundation to bring educational opportunities to minority students. How do you define diversity and inclusion? Do you prefer the term diversity? or inclusion, or do they work together?
0: They work together, you know. Uh, I, and so for me, it's it's just, you know, inclusive is, is the first number that comes to mind because you, you want to include everyone in everything. that We try to include everyone in everything that we do. So I use the word inclusive probably more so than diversity uh, because we can have a diverse organization, but that doesn't mean everybody gets to participate or are or, or included in the process. So, in my organization, I have a, a lot of diverse leaders who are leaders. They're not just there. Uh, the women are project managers. I have an Indian project manager. I have a VP that's a, a female uh, African American with a law degree and, and a, a construction management degree. I have a couple of young ladies with double masters in architecture. And so, if you have that kind of education and you're a woman or you're a minority, you don't need to be making coffee or, or, or bringing, you know, counting hops. You need to be running something. So
1: is there an intention for inclusivity or is it because you find the right people and it doesn't matter? Tell me a little bit about it.
0: It's very intentional. You know, um, again, having worked in corporate America for a number of years and, you know, I woke up one day and it was 30 years that I've been in this business, but I had worked for Anheuser-Busch and Monsanto prior to that. And I just noticed there there were not very many people that looked like me running projects. There were engineers there. There were people doing all sorts of things. But making the decisions and being accountable and responsible for the outcome of a project, that was something that I didn't see much for women or minorities. And so in my organization, I try to change that. I try to make sure that the people in leadership within my organization will be um they will look like me, and they will be diverse. And they will—I make it a point—we don't have enough women. We need to go hire some more women. You know, well, we need to hire more uh, Black women. We need to hire more. Uh, uh, we had a couple of Asian women. We had some Indian women. You know, but again, I—I'd be lying to me and you if I sat here and said that I was not very intentional about hiring Black people.
1: So tell me the process of finding the best skill and talent level and fitting the profile you're looking for.
0: You know that's you know, I, I I I hate using uh, sports analogies because a lot of people use it, but it's the one thing that everybody understands. And I used to ask myself, how is it that you have you know teams like the Lakers and and Celtics and some of these that have a consistency of winning? They always you know, well, if you have somebody that's running the team like a Pat Riley or folks like that, these are people who played in the NBA on winning teams. So they knew and know what it takes to win. I like to think by me working in, in top Fortune 100, 150 companies in St. Louis between Monsanto, Bush, and the Corps of Engineers, I knew what a professional organization looked like. And I knew what it took to be successful in those particular areas. So, I try to mirror my company after that, and so I like to say that we're a we're a big company and a little company's body at the end of the day we're still a minority owned business, but I like to you know we don't have to act like it we don't have to look like it so I try to put the same criteria in when I'm searching for people that I look for in myself people with you know drive determination the self motivated um uh, I, they have to be educated you know uh and and I like for people to pursue i have uh tuition reimbursement organization. So a lot of the people in my organization have gone on to pursue master's degrees within my organization. And I like to say we're probably the most educated construction company around. So historically, it's always people who've kind of built themselves up from the trade, from digging a ditch to running a business. But no, I kind of went the educational route.
1: So minority businesses in the construction industry run the gamut from organizations like yours that came from a corporate background to folks who started digging ditches and built a business. What will it take in terms of providing the business skills and the wherewithal for more businesses to be successful in the minority sector?
0: Well, I think you, you hit the nail on the head there is is Support. Everyone has to have some. Nobody gets anywhere on their own. I'd be lying if I said, I got their own. I got education. I got these degrees so forth. But I've had a lot of help. There's a lot of people who I've sat down with and I've inquired and I asked questions and I was very curious about running a business. I went and got my MBA because most businesses fail, not because they weren't technically competent in the field, because they didn't know anything about business. Right? So, I just knew that I needed to know a little bit. I need to know the difference between an asset and a liability if I'm going to run a company. And so I wanted to learn that. And so the only advice I would give to startups, and I, trust me, I don't take anything away from those individuals who've dug ditches and they decided they want to be an entrepreneur. Now, because we all know the most successful people in our country don't have any education of higher, you know, they've high school. So I'm not saying that. I'm saying for an African-American in this society, particularly in the industry that I was in, for, in order for me to have credibility, I had to have an education. There's no way anybody would give me the time of day if, if they didn't think I had something worth saying. So by having four degrees, you know, they at least had to listen, right? So I think that the people uh, who want to go into entrepreneurship and have their own businesses, they need to educate themselves. That doesn't mean a form of degree. That doesn't mean you have to go out and get four degrees or a master's. But you do need to educate yourself on how to run a business. And I think most businesses that fail – if you look into it, it's because they did not run the business well. Not that they weren't a good carpenter or they weren't a great dentist or a great lawyers. And like I said, you know, it's not the, big, it's not the small business that caused the economy to collapse several times. It's always the big companies. So, so it's not that, that we don't know or that small business are not viable and have the, uh, the ability to be successful. They just need to understand business.
1: We'll have more of our interview with Tony Thompson after this message from the forum. Tell me how you're doing.
0: COVID-19 caught everybody flat-footed, bringing our country to an economic halt. Even in construction, where we're considered essential, we are all walking on financial pins and needles. How do we pay our bills, take care of our families, It's a constant grind. There are resources available, from juggling bills to help in building a strategy to make it through. For resources, go to tellmehowstl.com.
1: We're talking with Tony Thompson, CEO of Kwame Building Group, on Forum Focus. I'm your host, Tom Finan. Tony, we were talking about the sorts of assistance that is needed in order for minority businesses to flourish in our industry. What kind of a job do we do in providing those supports?
0: There are a lot of uh, um, support uh, systems and structures out there today to help those small businesses become successful. I mean, the organizations and magazines like The Construction Forum is where I get a lot of information that I use in my business, and I encourage my employees to read this, and I route it through the organization every week. Because I have a lot of young people in my organization now, and I've, I spend a lot of time educating them on the history of St. Louis and the construction industry. And a lot of things have changed for the better in, in the last 30 years because I think the organization has recognized now the value that minority business have brought to the industry. Now, having said that, you have a you have a group of our entities out there that don't see the value. It's almost I mean, St. Louis is, is weird in, in that we have the best and worst of everything here. You know, so there are a lot of things that have, have gotten better in the industry. Um, uh, for example 30 years ago, well, I've been in business 30 years, so go back 15 years. 15 years ago, you would be hard-pressed to find an African-American business in the construction industry who had have been project management or leaders with 15 years' experience. And so at that point, we had been around long enough. We have proven ourselves. We survived the storm. Most small business failed within the first five years. We all know that statistically, not just minority business, all businesses. And I like to say that minority businesses have the right to fail at the same rate as everyone else, and we do. But I think there's an unreasonable expectation sometimes that every minority business that starts up our woman-owned business, they're going to be successful, and they should be successful, and, and everybody just thinks it's just going to happen, even those who jump into the business. You still got to work. You still got to do the grind. You still have to go through the trials and tribulations that, that everyone goes through, the pain to grow. I I remember having to borrow money from my grandmother to make payroll my first couple of years in business. You know, a lot of people don't know that story, but I really wanted it to work. I could have went out of business or kind of went to grandma. Yeah, well, that's what I did. And I think some people, unfortunately, if you don't have a grandma to go to, you may have to go out of business. But so the things that have changed, those type of resources are available now that were not available 15 years ago to go borrow money from various low-interest funds programs geared toward minority and and, and small businesses. Uh, But I think a lot of things have changed because it takes time for people to get comfortable or to become comfortable with a minority firm or woman-owned business or women or minorities in leadership. And the challenge is, and I tell my people this all the time, it's hard being in charge. You have to learn how to be in charge. When I first got into business, I didn't like to ask people to make me copies or to go get me this again. I mean, I was like, I can get my own copy. I don't need to do that until I realized you know, it, wasn't, it wasn't a power thing or ego thing. It was like, I don't have time to go make these copies because as a president CEO who have so many other responsibilities, it's, you know I have to be efficient. And so now there's a difference in delegating for productivity's sake and delegating for arrogance's sake. And I think there are some people who even still in my organization, they refuse to do anything. But and one of the things I love about the women in my organization, if I want to get something done, I give it to the women. They get it done. Often too many times the guys want to philosophize over it. They want to talk about it. But and I recognize that. But anybody who knows my mother, Betty Thompson, who's a former state rep, she's a go-getter. I've never I don't I don't have a problem with women in leadership. I've always known women to be in leadership, and I brought that to my organization. But it's something that I've seen trend-wise throughout the organization. There are several companies we work with now, large companies, that have women in leadership positions. So I think that's something that's also changed over the last 15 years that you didn't see that not just minorities, but even women, you see in the construction industry in leadership positions.
1: Tony, you've done a lot of work with young people in our region, including starting the Kwame Foundation. Tell us about your reasons for helping young people and your purpose in starting the foundation.
0: The foundation, again, I I, I really, again, I feel fortunate and blessed to, I believe my mother said, none of us have made it to all of us have made it. And it doesn't do us any good to uh, brag about having new contracts or, you know, new, you know, all these LeBron James getting four rings. If still the majority of minorities and young people are left behind. If they have a poor education, you know, I went to China and one of the things that I learned when I came back is like, you know, wow, you know, America, we have a long way to go. There's no way we can compete against China. And, and I, I tell people all the time, there's not enough white people to compete against China by themselves. They need minorities in this country if we're going to be competitive on a world stage. And so we really have to to have access to decent education, not decent, excellent education for all of our people in this country if we're going to be competitive. They don't compare the educational rate with China and Harvard or China and and Princeton. They compare China to America. Well, we already know you have several different levels of education just within St. Louis alone. Then you go to Missouri. So we don't have a standardized educational, quality education system throughout this country. So how can we be competitive on the national stage if we have such a disparity in the way we even teach? And so I, I think that what, was, what I tried to do is mentor these young people. And when I went to the school, Carnahan is one that, I, that comes to mind. I've been doing this for, for about 20 years now. And I, the principal said she was having a problem with the kids at this school. And could I come and help the young men who were in drugs and trouble and problems and this and that? I said, I'll, I'll do it. You know, I said, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to tutor them. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that because they're, they're not stupid. I'm not getting ready to try to teach them how to do basic math. Uh, but what I can do is change their attitude. I can change the way they think and they feel about themselves and education. And I'm pleased to say that at the time, the St. Louis public school graduation rate was like 67%. The 25 men for the five to 10 years that we were doing this program at Carnahan, the graduation rate was 100%. All the men that came through that. And those that graduated, 80, 90% of them went on to college or they went to the military. Or something. So they did something with their lives. But it's only because I would bring them a newspaper, I would bring them books, I would bring them one week, I'd bring them uh, uh, The Miseducations of the Negro by Carter G. Woodson, or I would bring them Ralph, Wal- Ralph Waldo Emerson, Self-Reliance, or, or Leaves of Grass by Whitman. So I would give them things that were about self-reliance, about how you need to 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 take control of your own destiny and, and make it happen. And uh, it's like uh, Carter G. Woodson said, once you can control a man's thinking, you don't have to worry about his actions. And I taught these young people that if you don't know, if you don't seek this information and knowledge for yourself, then if, if I believe what I read in the newspaper, I'd be afraid of black people. I know that's not true. I know what I see at 5, 6, and 10 is not the whole story because I don't know black people like that. But the people that everyone else is seeing who doesn't know any, if you don't know any black people, that's your first encounter and your perception of what black life is like. I don't know that life. And I don't want the people that I'm talking to to, to to that's the anomaly, not me. You know, so that that's all I can do. I try to just impart that to, to these young people. And for the most part it's work. But I'm just one person. I can only do so much.
1: Tony, in terms of addressing the issues of education equity, what can we do better as a region?
0: Well, as a region, I I, I think we're we're slowly getting there, but I hate to say it, it it's uh, the business leadership in, in this town, we all know, let's, let's, I hate to get into politics, but politics isn't everything that we do. These politicians would not be able to do and, and, and get away with the things they get away with if they didn't have a financial support of the business community. So if the business community really wants to see substantive change in our area, they need to be careful about where they invest their money. And they need to be more selective about where they invest their money to support people like that. That's what's holding this community back. There was no surprise to me that Amazon didn't want to move their headquarters here to St. Louis when they were going after that bid. There are a lot of these progressive organizations like that who do not see St. Louis as a viable region because of the racism, because of the crime, because of a lot of the things that that are holding us back. And if we don't really come to grips with that and 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 review it, then It's not going to change.
1: We've been talking with Anthony Thompson, chairman and CEO of Kwame Building Group, the region's largest minority-owned pure construction management firm. On February 25th, Tony Thompson was presented with the Leadership Institute Award at Construction Forum's Building Tomorrow Awards. We hope you'll join us next time on Forum Focus for more stories of people who are helping to create inclusive, robust employment and economic growth in our region. I'm your host, Tom Finan.